Hi, this is Pastor Josh from First Baptist of Queen. Thank you for joining us today on this uh, study. This is our Wednesday night study as we, uh, right now, we're going through the book of Ephesians. And uh, last time we ended in Ephesians 5.21 when Paul tells us to submit to one another out of reverence for the Lord for the sake of Christ. And then he spends the next few verses, uh, 12 or about, I think it's 12, uh, showing what that looks like in our lives, giving some illustration, giving some demonstration of what that looks like. So Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to start in verse 22 uh, right now. So look at what Paul says. Um, He says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Have you ever heard that verse? (laughs) Uh, What what feelings and thoughts pop into your mind and heart when you hear that verse, when you read that verse? How how have you heard people use that uh, to justify various actions in their lives? You know, that's uh, this verse is this section really it's it's been a contentious passage of scripture overemphasized by some and ignored by others so what what could paul really be meaning here you know it's very important that in the previous verse paul instructed all believers to submit to one another because of our love and worship of jesus so then it would seem that this section now that he spends these verses talking about, about husbands and wives, uh, that this section explains Paul's meaning behind telling us to submit to one another. It is also important to note that Paul uses the word translated as submit rather than obey. The word is also a passive participle indicating a voluntary action on behalf of the one doing the submitting. Paul is speaking to the spiritual purpose of submission for the benefit of Christ and to the designated roles in a marriage relationship for the benefit of Christ. Now, it's interesting to look back at God's original intent for men and women uh, at creation. I mean, when God originally made people, made man and woman and what he was planning to do in their lives. Because throughout the creation story, God would create, then he would observe his creation, and then he would conclude that that creation was good. However, there was one time that God declared that something was not good after he created it. And that was when he created man in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. So humanity was incomplete until both men and women were created. God created woman, and now his creation was complete. And then he rested on the seventh day. But Genesis 3, there, Satan enters the garden and tempted Adam and Eve. They listened to the present voice of the enemy rather than the previous command of the Lord, thus introducing sin into the world. And God came and humanity and Satan had to understand the breadth of the consequences of their actions. Satan's defeat by Jesus was prophesied there. And man was going to have to face much toil and struggle and pain in order to survive on this earth from then on. 
it was the consequences that the woman was going to face that are the most telling for Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. So the woman was going to face what the Scripture says, says there uh, in, in Genesis chapter 3. It was going to face uh, exponentially more pain in childbirth. And then God tells her this. Tells her that your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. What, what do you think God really means there with that? Uh, your desire shall be uh, contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. Maybe think it. How have you heard that verse? interpreted, or how have you heard that verse used uh, any time? You know, there's been much contrary discussions about the exact meaning of God's words in that verse, specifically the words desire, contrary, and rule. But there's another passage of scripture in Genesis where all three of those same words, desire, contrary, and rule, are used together. In Genesis chapter 4, just one chapter over, verse in the second half of verse 7, God, speaking to Cain, uh, says, And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. In this verse, the Lord is saying to Cain that the desire of sin is contrary to the desire of the Lord. But God desires for Cain to lead and rule over that desire rather than surrender to it. So taking the similar usage of all three of the words as intentional, being only one chapter apart, we can use Genesis 4-7 to help us understand Genesis 3-16 because Scripture is the best interpreter of Scripture. You see, even further back in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, it is implied that God instructs the man to lead as God directs. And then in Genesis 3, 16, the Lord says that the woman's desire will be contrary to the man, but he should lead and rule over that desire. We are not in any way comparing the woman in Genesis 3, 16 to sin in Genesis 4, 7. The comparison that we're making is to the words desire, contrary, and rule. So then it would seem that the Lord is saying that the woman will desire to lead, to control, to circumvent God's plan. This is something that we all struggle with, honestly, not just half of humanity to control, to circumvent God's plan because we want to be in control. But what God is saying in that verse is that sin not only damaged humanity's relationship with him, Sin also damaged our relationships to each other. Tony Evans said it this way, Their rebellion led to relational death. As God promised that the relationship between men and women would become a battle rather than a partnership. And that flows right into the next verse in Genesis uh, 3, verse 17. Uh, where it says, And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Now, God's not saying that listening to the woman was bad. Rather, he's saying that neglecting, he's, he's telling Adam, that neglecting your assignment of leadership led to this problem. 
Genesis 3.6 tells us that Adam was with Eve all through the temptation of Satan. And yet he said nothing to intervene. He chose to stay silent and willfully walk into sin at the direction of his wife. 1 Timothy 2.14 tells us that even though Eve was deceived by the words of the enemy, Adam was not. He knowingly, willingly, neglectfully, and silently allowed Eve to sin. And he chose to sin alongside her. So back to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. The submission of wives to husbands is not unchecked obedience for the sake of the man. It is willing submission to needs, wants, and preferences for the sake of Christ, as Paul said in Ephesians 5.21. Now, as we continue looking at this section of Scripture, we need to remember that Paul wrote of all believers submitting to the needs, wants, and preferences of every other believer for the sake of Christ. Then these verses following verse 21 are illustrations of how wives are to fulfill that submission and also how husbands are to fulfill that submission to each other. And Paul's going to address how both roles are to fulfill that command to submit, which is a sign of the filling of the Holy Spirit from verse 18. Paul continues in verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, As the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Now, hearing him say that, what is your initial gut reaction emotionally when reading those verses? Remember, God's original instruction to the man was to lead as the Lord's direction, at the Lord's direction. Now, that does not imply that if the woman thinks that the man is not leading at the direction of the Lord, then that gives her free reign to wrestle away the leadership and to take control. That's not God's desire. That is actually the consequences of the first sins, rearing their ugly heads, seeking to further damage God's design in humans' relationships. In Ephesians 3.13, Paul challenged us as followers of Jesus to spiritually grow to the full spiritual maturity of Jesus. In Ephesians 5.1, Paul tells us to imitate God. Now, here, Paul is telling the woman to submit. And in the same breath, Paul is telling the man to lead to the same level as Jesus. So for the men, Paul is reiterating those previous passages about being spiritually mature to the level of Jesus and to fully imitate God in all things. And to the woman, Paul is emphasizing God's purpose in submission. Even though it is difficult, and even if at times it is contrary to human nature, because submission honors God. Submission honors Jesus. Following God's direction will often fly in the face of how we feel, what we want, or especially how culture tells us how we are supposed to feel and what we are supposed to want. A great struggle some would have with verse 24 is that word there that is everything. Because We want to create a loophole. We want an out. If things don't line up perfectly or they don't line up how we want to do them, then this mutual submission idea from verse 21 should not apply, right? 
But the way all of these verses are phrased from verse 18 about being filled with the Spirit to verse 24 about wives submitting to their husbands and everything is resolute without loopholes beyond the scriptural exception of sin. Do not submit to sin. But also do not look for a loophole to justify how you would do something different than him as sin. Don't mentally classify something that he does as sin or potentially leading you into sin simply because you would rather be in charge or you would rather have control. That is not about that is not out of reverence for Christ. That is out of reference reverence for yourself. Remember that for Paul, it is always about Jesus and the gospel. So from verse 21, our submission is completely out of reverence for Christ. Paul has spent three verses talking about how wives live the command to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, in the next few verses, he's going, uh, the next nine verses, excuse me, he's going to spend time talking about how husbands can live out the same command to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And we're going to take a look at that next time. So you don't want to miss it. Um, as, as he spends three times as much time talking about how husbands can uh, submit to one another, uh, submit, uh, and what that looks like in their lives. Uh, so thank you for joining us and checking this out as we've examined Ephesians 5, 22 through 24. And uh, I hope you'll catch us again next time as we uh, finish up this chapter. I'll see you then.